scripture lesson this morning comes from the book of Acts, the fifth chapter, verses 27 through 32. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council. And the high priest questioned them, saying, We strictly charged you not to teach in his name. Yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things. And so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. This is the word of God. What if I stood up here and told you that our job as Christians is not to get other people into heaven? What if I stood up here and told you that our job as Christians is not to save other people? Or what if I took that one step further and said, what if I told you that our job as Christians is not even to make sure that we get into heaven? Those are some jarring questions, aren't they? Those are some questions that will cause you to think. Those are also some questions that will cause you to start to wonder if I've lost my mind. For some of you, there may be questions already running around in your head of whether or not you need to call the district superintendent tomorrow morning. But bear with me just a little. Mainline Christianity in America has been on the decline for quite a while now. This is nothing new. There are studies out there that will show you that mainline Christianity is doing just fine. But it's not. It's not. A lot of those studies that are trying to explain that everything's just fine with the mainline Christian church in America... They're written out of a place of fear. When people get afraid, they start to get in a hurry. They start to be less tolerant of other people. They start to feel like their point of view is being threatened or is in danger of being snuffed out. That they have to then force that opinion on other people. Sometimes when we start forcing those opinions on other people, we're doing it because we really believe that opinion is good and right and will be helpful to the other person. We really hope that they will embrace it so that it can change their life. But other times, we don't care so much about that other person embracing that opinion as we do about the survival of the idea that we're trying to protect. And unfortunately, I think that's one of the largest contributing factors to the decline of mainline Christianity in America over the last 30 years. This isn't something new. This has been going on for quite a while now. Let's be clear. There are a bunch of factors that lead to this. This isn't the only one. But this is a major one. See, we end up being afraid, and we end up focusing on the survival of this idea of faith, or maybe even the survival of our faith itself, and we end up forgetting who we are and what our purpose is. That causes us to become afraid. Now that we've become afraid, we feel like we have to simplify and survive. And part of that simplifying process is to pare down the beautiful complexity of the resurrection and what it means to be witnesses to that, Because it's easier just to think in our minds whether or not that person's going to be able to make it into heaven or not. And if they can't, if we don't think they can, it's easier just to go ahead and write them off and move on. In order to make sure that we're continuing that faith that seems like it's under constant attack by the culture around us, we end up trying to bring all the people we can inside these walls as fast as we can, and we make sure that they look just like us or, that, or they believe similarly to what we already believe because it's so much easier to do that. You don't have to go against the grain to do that. It's quicker. It's more efficient. It doesn't require nearly as much time and effort. 
In the mainline American religious landscape, this has caused the church to move from being a hospital for sinners to being a museum for saints. And if you don't feel like you're perfect, you can't come in the walls of this church. At least that's the mindset of most people out there. And I'm not sure that's what we're called to do or who we're called to be. In fact, I'm pretty sure that's not who we're called to be or what we're called to do. Because mainline Christianity in America is struggling. And because so many Christians understand that that struggle is real. I'm afraid that we've forgotten what our true purpose as Christians is. Now do I have your attention? Do you really want to know what it is that our purpose is? Do you want to know what it will take to get mainline Christianity in America into a healthy situation again? I don't claim to have all the answers. But I think we can straighten out a lot of our issues if we'll pick this up just a little bit more. We'll read it a little more often, a little more closely. See, that story that we just read in Acts, it's a story about disciples who saw life happen. They walked around the ancient Near East with a humble, loving carpenter, and that carpenter taught them how to build. He taught them how to build communities. He taught them how to build relationships. He taught them how to rebuild love and hope and joy in the lives of people who hadn't felt any of those things in a very long time. Those disciples, they certainly saw life happen. But they also saw death happen. They watched as their Messiah was betrayed. They watched him carrying the cross to the place that he would eventually die. They watched as his body was placed in a tomb and the stone was put into place. They saw the finality of death. They experienced that. But three days later, they saw the birthplace of life in a place that was supposed to contain death. These disciples understood that when Jesus is involved, new life happens. These disciples got brought in front of the Jewish religious leadership because they had been telling people what they had seen, with their very eyes, what they had seen. And they could not stop those people they were telling from believing and having their lives transformed by the power of a witness telling what they had seen. These disciples weren't trying to get people saved. They weren't concerned about that. They weren't concerned about getting these people into heaven or, or even getting into heaven themselves. These disciples had seen life happen. They had seen life happen the way that it was intended to take place. And they told other people about it. These disciples weren't concerned about grasping onto a faith that they felt like it was under attack. If ever Christianity was under attack, it was in that first and second generational time after Jesus but we don't see these disciples forgetting their purpose the way that we often do today. They knew that they had a story to tell, and that story could plant a seed into someone's heart and into their imagination, and it would start to grow. And, and it would grow, and it would blossom more quick, quickly than they could ever imagine. These disciples weren't concerned about growing a church, growing an institution so that it could survive. They just felt compelled to tell other people of what God had already done in the world. They felt compelled to tell other people of this incredible thing that had just happened, that they had just seen. See, this God, he came into the world in a very real way, in a new way. That God became one of us so that he could know exactly what it is that we go through. That God knows what it's like to laugh, to smile. That God knows what it's like to, to cry, to hurt. That God knows what it's like to be betrayed by a close friend and then to be beaten and spat upon by the people that he loves. That God knows what it's like to lay down on a cross, to be stretched out, to have nails driven in the hands and feet. That God knows what it's like to stay up there on the cross and wait to die. 
But here's the part that's so compelling. Here's the part that if you've seen it, if you've experienced it, if you, if you know exactly what's going on here, you can't help but to tell other people. You just can't help yourself. See, that God that we worship, He knows what it's like to open His eyes from the grave as if it was just another good night's sleep. He knows what it's like to overcome this thing that none of us can overcome on our own. He knows what it's like to be very much alive and to walk out of a grave never to return. Our job isn't to get other people into heaven. It never has been. And our job isn't to make sure that we keep people out of hell. It's not to make sure that we get into heaven. Our job is to tell that story that we know. To tell that story that we've seen, that we've experienced, that we have been a part of. Our job is to go tell that story. It's that simple. It doesn't need to be any more complicated than that. See, being a Christian is not as complex as we like to make it. It's not as difficult as we like to make it. Despite how damaged mainline Christianity in America is right now, we don't have to be afraid that the church isn't going to survive. See, the church is of God. It's going to keep on going long after we're gone. We'll come and go. That church is forever. But we do have a little more to be concerned about. Concerning that story. That story that we know is true. We need to be concerned that it's going to end up getting twisted. It's going to end up getting twisted by fear. The fear that we may have in our own hearts. And if we let that happen... If we let fear start twisting and distorting that story that we know is true, that we've all been witnesses to, well, then it may really be in danger of going away. That true story, anyway. It's, it's kind of like we've created this thing that's supposed to protect our faith, keep it alive. But in a weird, ironic twist, that thing meant to protect our faith is actually the thing that's choking it out. We can't tell our story from a place of fear. It just doesn't work that way. It loses its meaning. It loses its power. All of a sudden, it becomes something from us instead of something from God. The story that we know to be true, that story of love and grace and mercy, that that story of the empty tomb and of the risen Lord, that's a story that has to be told from a place of love. It has to. It has to be told from our hearts. The world may not know it yet. But that's the story that they so desperately want to hear. They may not know it yet, but that's the story that the world so desperately needs to hear. So what's our job? To give the world what it needs. To give it what it wants. Our job is to go tell the story. Our job is to go and to tell that story that we've seen, that we've been a part of. That story that has changed our lives. That that seed of hope, that seed of salvation might get planted into their hearts. And once we've told that story, there's a real good chance that their lives will never be the same again. 